With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Manchester is Red podcast. I'm Alex Porter, the Deputy Manchester United Editor. And with me, I've got two of the United writers, James Robson. Hello. And Kieran Kelly. Hello, how are you? I'm good, good to uh, have you uh, with me, gents. Um, only one possible topic of conversation, Alexi Sanchez. Uh, James, how do we get here then? If I'm entirely honest, I didn't think we would be at this point. Um, I was looking back through all the stories I've written about Sanchez over about 18 months now, and I think it was, a, I think it was something like November 2016 when I first wrote about City's interest. Since then, I've been waiting for the day when Sanchez turns up in a light blue kit. I thought it would be early last summer. I then thought it would be on transfer deadline day. I then thought it would be in January. And at push, I thought maybe it would be next summer. I did not think we'd be seeing him in a red shirt. Uh, What it is, basically, is a classic piece of opportunism by United. Um, Whereas other people have maybe stood back and thought, well, he's going to City because, of course, everything we've heard is that he wants to play for Pep Guardiola. Uh, He wants to join City, be part of the project. United took a chance, and sitting here right now, it looks like looks like it's paid off. But after everything I've just said, don't be surprised if he turns up in a light blue City shirt or even a dark blue Chelsea shirt. Uh, yeah, I suppose we should uh, address that. A bit of a eleventh hour Chelsea interest, to, uh, but United are reasonably relaxed about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, from talking to to people at United overnight. Um, it, there really didn't seem to be much concern. There was no sense of panic. Oh no! Oh no! Chelsea are going to come and steal him from us. Um, exactly where that con- where that confidence comes from, um, you can only assume that they've been led to believe that Sanchez is well on the way. Uh, what I would say is that Sanchez likes London. Uh, I think when he was first coming over here, Liverpool wanted him, and I think London was a big draw for him. So I wouldn't entirely, as I said, I wouldn't entirely rule anything out. Uh, by the time this goes out, um, he's probably time for United then. Uh, so uh, let's talk about him a bit more generally then. Kieran, where do you think he'll be playing for United primarily? Yeah, that's the, the big question because you look at his favourite role is coming in off the left and already United have two really good options in Martial and Rashford there. Um, so you're thinking there are three other positions then, up front, number 10 or on the right wing. Um, he kind of started his career at Udinese when, when he made it in Europe as a right winger and that's where those Cristiano Ronaldo comparisons came from um, almost a decade ago so I could see him um, out of all those positions lining up there and then being able to offset the reliance on Lukaku and coming in as a, as a second striker or indeed giving him a rest but I think the the key as much of his, his goals made the headlines last season it's the number of chances he creates in his crossing I think Lukaku's going to be the main one who's really going to benefit from, you know, whereas Ibrahimovic, you kind of felt him and Lukaku were very similar. Uh, Lukaku and Sanchez are so different and have completely different skill sets. So I think it'll really complement him whilst not necessarily playing in a two-man strike force with them. So 
for me, um, I would see him playing on the right and maybe in the short term you'd see Mata moving into number 10 or Lingard continuing to play centrally and that's that's the position United you know, look to really address in the summer so I think it's potentially going to save them a lot of bother if already they've got a guy they can bring in who's proven Premier League player played in that position before and he has four months essentially of a head start before a serious title tilt next season what, what he brings really is he brings options doesn't he to Mourinho's attack and that in in this modern day where it's not rigid formations, rigid four four two or what have you, you want players who are interchangeable. And he can play, like you say, right across that front. He can play as a as a number ten. He also, for me, the big attraction is the fact that he's he's as much of a cast iron cert as you could sign as there is. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring in a player from abroad. Who knows if they're going to settle into English football? You know, Morata is a is a quality player, but he's had his struggles yeah. at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, even with Lukaku with United, yes, he was proven in the Premier League, but you don't know about him at the highest level because he hadn't done it. With Sanchez, he answers all those questions straight away. You know he absolutely is perfectly comfortable in the Premier League. You know he'll score in the important games. And even if the, entire, the total package is £60 million, even £65 million, in the crazy world we're in at the moment, that seems absolutely reasonable to me, even with four months left in his contract. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because... I think, as he said, in this crazy world, you kind of got to look at, if you don't get Sanchez, what are your alternatives? OK, well, you're probably not going to get anyone now, so you're looking in the summer, well, how much are you going to have to spend then for a player of equivalent quality? Mm. 80, 90? And that's the problem City have got now. Yeah, it's, the, the money argument for me doesn't seem to make particularly much sense when, as he says, he's, he's a player of that proven quality who has done it at the highest level and, and in the Premier League. It seems a a bit of a convenient excuse, dare I say it, and it's a convenient time for them to suddenly start saying, well, we're not going to pay agent fees. Well, OK, but if you want the top players, that's pretty much what you're going to have to do, isn't it? Yeah, United had to do it when it came to, to Pogba. Mm. It just always seems to me nowadays, like it's almost pointless to bring up, oh, that's a silly price. It's yeah. all ridiculous. Okay? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Virgil van Dijk for £75 million is, is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, Coutinho, £142 million, third most expensive player in, in the world. He... Would he be in the top 10 best players in the Premier League? He wasn't even the best player at Liverpool, and he's cost that sort of money. All the money is ridiculous. So, accepting that, which I think we have to, you then look at it a broader picture and you think, yeah, you're actually getting one of the best players in the world, which is what Sanchez is, one of the best strikers in the world, for what is a relatively cheap price. And it should help United fill an area of need for me, because as, as Kieran said, you can... Uh, play on the right wing, desperately crying out uh, for someone who can do that. If you can take a corner after uh, <laughs> the uh, garbage attempts against Stoke, you know, straight away you've improved it. And then that's what the money brings, isn't it? I mean, Van Dijk is silly, silly money, um, but clearly Liverpool needed a centre back mm. and have done for a while. So, mm. you know, football clubs all have an awful lot of money, and United earn a lot of money through various noodle partnerships that Ed, I'm sure, is working hard on. So, why don't you spend it on an area of need? Yeah, and particularly you look at the, the the transfer fee. How you know you're thinking at best United might have only 150 again to spend in the summer, and they probably need three or four players. So if you're looking at a a, a cheaper option like that, it can hit the ground running. You know, frees up God knows how much money that they can then look to look at number ten or um, a young left back or a young right back. So. I think it could have a big bearing on their summer activity and it takes away that sag element that they would have had with Griezmann or Dybala or any of these guys in a World Cup year where it would just be crazy you know, to get a deal wrapped up before the World Cup is so hard and inevitably the players need a break after the World Cup or after a tournament like we saw at Pogba after the Euros so 
for United to have gotten a a name of that quality um, in a more straightforward way would have been really difficult in the summer. So it potentially removes that headache, um, which is obviously a bonus. Yeah, when you think of Mourinho last summer, and he said he'd given his list to Ed Woodward, and he'd gone off on holiday, and then <laughs> the by the time they'd got back from, from the tour in, in America, they still hadn't got all their signings. Mm. They didn't get them all by the end. To get this one wrapped up, and he's already suggested this this will be the, the striker that yeah. he signs. He won't mm. sign another one in the summer. I mean, it's a huge bonus for him, isn't it? And I, I think, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, but uh, before, when, when, when Mourinho's Chelsea were dominating the Premier League, Fergie signed Evra and Vidic uh, that, that mid-season window mm. and it wasn't for that season it was no. for the next season it was to build what was his last great team and it feels to me like Mourinho needs to do that this month You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sanchez wasn't the only signing in that sense because look the title race is over I, I know it's now down to just 12 points but the <laughs> title race is over isn't it and you've got to now if, if he can get a head start for his building for next season brilliant then go for that can play the Champions League as well, of course. Well, that's crucial. I can't think of... Is there going to be another club in the knockout stage of the Champions League who are going to sign a player as good as that who can play in the Champions League? Barcelona has signed Coutinho. They can't play him. Mm. You know, United are signing one of the best players in the world who can immediately go into the squad for the Champions League. But who else has significantly strengthened during the, the hiatus? I well, can't yeah. think. Not even Besiktas. Not even them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a huge. It's just changed the complexion of the season a bit because you think how uh, that Dubai trip's kind of given them almost a boost. I know they took time to get going against Stoke, but the players look re-energized. You're kind of thinking, you know, they could finish, win the FA Cup, finish second, re- make a real statement in the Champions League because they haven't got to the proper ladder stages of that competition for a few years now. And um, Sanchez could be that lift and that stardust that they need because. You're thinking on paper, Sevilla, given the troubles they're having, they should get past them, and then you just don't know what could happen. Mm. Um, you could feasibly have City or um, even Barcelona knocked out um, in, in the second round, for all you know, and it can just open up. And Mourinho in those situations is, is great, and knockout tournaments, so um, it's just put a completely different spin on what had been kind of a Oh, what do we do now? We've got four months of the season left, whereas there's actually something to get excited about again. Well, football's about momentum, isn't it? Mm. And over that Christmas period where they drew with Leicester, drew with Burnley, it just felt about oh, uh, drew with Southampton as well. Yeah. That Southampton game was, was the definition of oof. That was yeah, you know, and you start thinking, and City are going to win this by a mile. It's kind of like, well, United really needed a, a pick me up, didn't they? Yeah. Um, even if look, no one at the club thinks they're going to win the title, no matter what Paul Pogba says. Um, but if they end the season strongly, another trophy, you've got Sanchez in, there's, a, there's, a, there's signs for the future, and maybe that'll help bring in signings in the summer as well. Mm. You know, They could really start flying next season, couldn't they, as a result of it? One player didn't look particularly uh, re-energised uh, against Stoke, who in fact didn't look anything because he didn't play at all. Henrik Mkhitaryan, um, Mourinho said, oh, he's going to figure, or probably will figure against Stoke, and wasn't even in the 18. Not tactical reasons. I mean... <laughs> It looks like he might go to Arsenal. I mean, is that a good move? Do we think? Or I think it's a good move for United. You know, I, I don't. You know, I don't want to be unkind to anyone, but I, I think that's just not worked out. You know, sometimes they don't, they don't work. That one just has not worked out. If at the end of the Mkhitaryan experiment, United managed to get him off their books, he takes up a significant portion of the transfer fee for Sanchez. 
this could be the coup of all coups. You know, losing him and bringing in Sanchez, that is brilliant business. Um, and I, I know Kieran's more of a fan of it, um, but yeah, you know, I, I just think I just don't think it's worked uh, for, yeah. for whatever reasons. Yeah, I think it's fair to say it, it could have gone a lot better. But it's funny you think back to just over a year ago, the fans who were trying to push him out now were the ones clamoring for him to get a start when he had that exile in the Mourinho for two and a half months. Um, I think there have been there have been glimpses of of what he can do, but it's just been when he's not playing well and he doesn't pull an assist out of the bag, people are wondering what he's doing because he's one of those players. He is a definition of a luxury player, really. Um, I remember it was at the Derby game um, a couple of weeks ago and um, there were just times where he just looked so bereft of confidence and it was almost alarming and, and hard to watch at times because you're thinking this guy is probably one of the more naturally gifted players at United, yet he just... He didn't look good. He gave the ball away a lot. Every time he got the ball, he was second-guessing himself and kind of looking to a teammate and playing it short. But then when he played with instinct and kind of didn't even look and just hit the ball, whether it be a cross for Rashford that hit the bar, there was one moment he played Shawing with this brilliant through ball, again, not looking, just hitting it. And you're kind of thinking if one of those glimpses went right for him, would we see the player again? But it's kind of just seeming um, a convenient narrative that... Um, he's going and, and Sanchez coming in and you would argue potentially another number 10 coming in in the summer He looks to me like the perfect Arsenal player and yes I am damning him with fake praise there you know, he's, he is, he's that type of player that um, on his day he looks fantastic and he can mm. do it in flashes but are you really putting your faith in him week in week out that he's going to be the guy who's going to make the difference I don't think so mm. whereas I think Sanchez is exactly that type of player Mick Saren's actually not played well all season, has he? I mean, as you said, he was pulling assists out out yeah. the bag in the early kind of weeks, but he didn't ever have a game where he thought, "Yes, there's there's Mick Saren." the neck, yeah. Is there a game that he's dominated? I, I can't think of one since he's been at United, but uh, maybe I, it's just slipped my memory. But I don't remember coming away from a game thinking he he's special. Yeah, uh, that's something to build around. The Europa League was his competition. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, yes, brilliant, it was yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the so Moscow game, um, the yeah. away game, he was brilliant in that. Um, like Lukaku, obviously got the headlines because he scored the goals, but um, he did seize that one. But again, you know, it's it's not a game against City, it's not a game against Chelsea or or Arsenal. Even it's which uh, kind of says it all. Um, but he's got that legacy of of what he did in the Europa League, and I suppose that kind of is um, says it all again that they're kind of shipping him out and looking to move to the next stage, which is. Uh, making a real statement in Europe and winning a title and it doesn't seem like he's going to be part of that I think to um, to take it a little bit back to City then again I think um, I mean a lot of fans are happy to get to potentially get Sanchez but yeah is there, is there also an element of he was supposed to be City's player I, with these things you know we're told we're, 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 everything we know is, is what we're told you know we were told that he he was desperate to reunite with Guardiola. Um, that seemed to go against somewhat his experiences with Guardiola at Barcelona, where he could barely get a, a look in. So it's it's not narrative in many ways. Yeah, that, that never quite made total sense. It, look, I, I get the idea that he's at Arsenal and he's looking at City and thinking, well, they're playing wonderful football and they could win the, the, the title of the Champions League, who knows what. I get that idea, but 
he's a player who, when he gets taken off with 10 minutes to go in a game, looks absolutely livid. Mm. Looks absolutely furious. Well, just imagine if Guardiola treated him the way he treats Sergio Aguero. You know, you could be having ructions every other week there. You know, Aguero actually takes it pretty well. Um, you could be getting you know, trouble every week. And I just wonder if maybe Sanchez has, has thought about it and thought, well, look, look at United. Um, Mourinho, I mean, he's playing Lukaku to death, isn't he? You know, which I think Sanchez would be perfectly happy if the same happens to him there. Um, I, I just think United to me looks like a good fit. You know, he's a he's a he's a star player joining a star club, and he could be the difference at United. Mm-hmm. At City, they've got so many stars already. Sanchez could be for United the, the springboard, and to be that player. And um, I, I noticed a, a Chilean journalist talked about this um, just this week. He was saying, you know, when Sanchez was growing up, United were one of the top three clubs in world football. Mm-hmm. I've, Actually, I would say when Sanchez is a 29-year-old, United are still one of the top three clubs in world football. They've not been forgotten. You know, they're still you know the, the big, the biggest clubs in world football: United, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Pick your order, and that has an effect still. So this idea that he's just going for the money, I think, is ridiculous yeah. and insulting, really. Um, by the way, he was offered a lot of money at City as well. So you know, I think that might have had a bearing on his decision to go there as well. But he's going to a club, the most successful club in this country, 75,000 fans each week one of the greatest managers in the world. The idea that only money, that's the only thing motivating him, I think is ridiculous. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It wasn't like he was going to be paid a tenner a week. No. He was the answer card, was it? You know, it's, it, it has been simplified to uh, an odd extent by some uh, fans and some sections of the mm. media pack as well. I do get the idea that if you're looking at him, you know, it's, it's a simple narrative is to say, oh, well, he's given up silverware for money. And I do get the idea that, look, if he goes to City, he's guaranteed the title this season, mm-hmm. isn't he? And that's the thing he's been desperate for. And also, United are so far off City this season, you could look at them and say, well, well are they any more likely to win the title than Arsenal? Yeah, they're closer to it, but the way City have played this season, if they carry that on, you know, they are streets ahead. So I get that idea, but if he joins United... Maybe that does bridge the gap. You know, he joins United. He knows Mourinho can win the Champions League. He's got the chance of winning that. He's he's got the chance of silverware and success at United. It's not like, you know, if he was turning up at with the greatest respect for Siktas, I might say <laughs> I might say he's just gone to war. or in, or in China. You know that sort of thing. You know, he's gone to Manchester United here. Let's be let's be fair about this. Mm. And it'd be, I'd be saying exactly the same if he was going to Liverpool and Chelsea. He's going to a massive club. He, he, it's far too simple to say, oh, he's got no ambition. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. yeah Seems a good note to end <laughs> on, to be honest. I think uh, we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, well, uh, if you uh, like this podcast, please uh, remember you can subscribe on iTunes or Audio Boom. And we'll see you next time. Okay. I have no idea.